When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I interview New York Times bestselling author, Donald Miller, who teaches us how to recognize when we're playing the victim or the villain and how to shift to becoming the hero or the guide. We also talk about how to develop a unique and practical plan on how to become the hero in your own life. One of my favorite topics we discussed was how much Viktor Frankl has influenced both our lives through his simple but true three steps to find meaning again after the terrible things that can happen in life. Get a project you're passionate about, connect with others, and find something to redeem about what you have gone through. But just before we begin, as always, this information is for educational purposes and is not medical advice. If you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. And if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free with bonus episodes, then subscribe to my Patreon account and the link and details will be in the show notes. And now, on to today's episode. Before we dive into today's podcast, I want to tell you about an exciting new project, one many of you have been asking for, which is now open for enrollment, my NeuroCycle Certified Facilitator Programme. This program is a four-day in-person training with me where you'll learn the fundamentals of my theory and the neurocycle so you can use these strategies with your clients and to elevate your coaching business or private practice. Our first training is August 3rd through 6th and takes place in Dallas, Texas. When you become a certified facilitator, you'll join our exclusive directory which goes out to hundreds of thousands of people looking for extra help with their mental health. This means that finding clients will become even easier and you'll become part of our private network of facilitators where you can meet and connect with like-minded individuals, get help and have access to many great resources. Spots are extremely limited and already filling up. So if you're interested, just go to neurocycleinstitute.com for more details and to register for our first training. And for just a few days, we are offering 25% off. Just use the code inorg. 25, that's I-N-A-U-G 25. The link and details will be in the show notes. Don, I'm so excited to interview you. Welcome to my podcast. I'm really looking forward to a nice discussion on this book, Hero on a Mission. Love the title. And I love the fact that you say a path to a meaningful life. This is something I talk about so much, this concept of deep, meaningful connections and meaningful life. And so relevant to mental health and to cleaning up the mental mess. So welcome and thank you for joining me today. It's an honor to talk to you. I mean, it's a real honor because you probably know more about experiencing meaning than I do. So it'll be good to compare notes. Hopefully the listener will get a lot out of it. Oh, well, you bringing such a great, a great work to the table. So thank you so much for that. And you you actually well know, so well known for something that you wrote 20 years ago that turned into a movie and helped so many people. I'd love you to just for two minutes or so, just dive into that and start us there. And then tell us that you're actually a businessman and how did you transition from <laughs> These are three completely like different things, and you know you help yes. people create, you know, get their businesses together, and 
So tell us a little bit more it, about It sounds about like you. such a non-linear path, right? But really, it really makes sense. I, I wrote a book when I was poor and was not a writer. I wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz 20 years ago. That book was about having grown up in a fundamentalist, very conservative Southern Baptist church, and then going off to Portland, Oregon and auditing classes at a school called Reed College which at the time was the most godless campus in the country. So it was this clashing of fundamentalist, you know, and complete freedom. There are no rules at Reed College. There are no rules at all. There's no, they don't enforce any rules on the student body. You do anything you want. It's, it's a very rare kind of place. So I wrote about that. And then, I, and then that book took off and, and did really well. And then, you know, the publisher kept wanting more and more. And because the publisher wanted more books, I had to study story. I got to study story and story structure and how to, you know, how to how to keep somebody turning the page. Right. And when I wrote about seven or eight memoirs, the publisher said, hey, we want another one. We're so excited. I ran I ran out of things to say. I didn't have anything to say. I was like, I'm done. And plus, if you write your eighth memoir, you're a clinical narcissist. Right. I'm just a regular narcissist. I'm not a clinical one. Right. So I ended up right. I took all of this, this story structure that I've been studying for you know, 10, 12 years and turned it into a, a messaging framework to help other people use the elements of story to communicate about their, their vision, their brand, their products. And that book was called Building a Story Brand, total pivot in my career. But at the same time, I'd been studying story for years. That book sold like 700,000 copies to small business owners. And all of a sudden, I had a second career helping small business owners figure out how to message and, and clarify their message so they could talk about their products. That 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 we've helped 10,000 businesses do that. We've helped multiple presidential candidates do that. I currently have a presidential candidate, a gubernatorial candidate, and a candidate for Senate that we're all helping with their message. It's turned into this whole other thing. It's really been a blast. And then the whole time though that I was doing this, Caroline, this is the part you'll appreciate. You know, I'm studying story from a perspective of keeping people turning the pages. I'm studying story from the perspective of helping people, you know, clarify their message. And they had this burning desire to write another book that, that wouldn't help my career at all because I now have a business helping businesses, but a book that talked about how to actually use story to experience meaning in your own life, how to live an interesting story. And here on a mission is the new book that scratched that itch. I'm grateful to have it out. And that's where we, that's where you and I would have a lot in common because when you study story, in terms of helping you understand how to experience meaning, you're you're getting into the stuff that's way over my head. You're getting into the neuroscience, you know, where the feeling of meaning comes from, how deep connections are made, and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it was a bucket list book that I knew would help a lot of people. And so I wrote it and I'm I'm glad it's out there. A ritual is a daily practice that helps you stay grounded. It's an intentional act where you take a few minutes to reconnect with and take care of yourself. Daily rituals are meaningful and help you become the person you want to be by supporting your mental well-being. And taking Ned's de-stress blend is a great mental self-care ritual for, of the day. It helps me set my intentions and mentally prepare for my work tasks. But the best part about Ned is what happens after you take it. When I take the de-stress blend, I do feel amazing all day. 
This de-stress blend is a USDA certified organic formula that puts the spotlight on two powerful cannabinoids. CBG, which is known as the mother of all cannabinoids, because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by working around the neurotransmitter GABA. And of course, Ned's tried true CBD extracted from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp in the foothills of the Colorado Rockies. This blend also features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress, cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic and cardamom helps combat stress by supporting healthy blood pressure and cortisol levels. I love that all Ned's products are science-backed, nature-based solutions and they are chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids and trichomes. In fact, Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation and balance. Plus they share third-party lab reports, who farms their products and their extraction process or on their site. No wonder they have over 2,000 five-star reviews. Upgrade your mental self-care ritual and become the best version of yourself by getting 15% off Ned's de-stress blend with code DRLEAF at checkout. Go to helloned.com forward slash DRLEAF or enter the code DRLEAF at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash DRLEAF to get 15% off. The link and details are in the show notes. What an amazing story and, a, and what an amazing trajectory that you've gone through. And it's a story. You, you teach people stories at how to present themselves through the medium of story, but your, and your story is so amazing. And I have a deep, strong conviction that you being a, a father of a little eight-month-old daughter <laughs> has, has contributed a lot to your, your depth of meaning that comes out in this book. Yeah, so. <laughs> I started the book before she was born and I finished it after she was born. So you know how close you are to the bone when your first child is born. I mean, you all of life is taking on this incredible heightened sort of perspective. And so I was glad that was a gift to be able to write the book while I was rethinking not just my life, but life itself. You know, the fact that we have to leave and we pass it on to somebody else. And you all of a sudden you love this other being more than you've ever loved anything in your entire life. And you would die for them. And, you know, that's a heightened sense that we all, all of us who are parents, you know, experience that at one time, I'm sure it gives way to, you know, dirty diapers and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But for a while, you know, it's really kind of magical. And so I wrote the book during that perspective. But the book is really about how so many of us feel a sense of restlessness. We feel a sense that life is not all that it could be. We feel even a sense, even though we, we know that life is a mystery and there's something very beautiful about it, there's plenty of us who, who don't like it. And I, I wanted to write a book to say, hey, maybe if we're not having a good experience with life, it could be because of what we are actually doing with that life. In other words, what if life is a blank page and depending on what you do with it gives you a, a, an experience of meaning or not? And that sounds like bad news to anybody who's not experienced meaning, but it's actually very good news because it means you have a lot more control than you thought you did. You could change a few things and actually experience a deep sense of meaning and wake up every morning and say, hey, this is a pretty good deal. You know, there's hard parts to it, but it's a pretty good deal. I, I like this. And that's what happened to me about 10 years ago when I started studying story and I started studying Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning and his logotherapy and all that kind of stuff. And I put it together and hopefully real blue collar layman's language on how to do it for yourself. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's just so necessary in the age that we live in and this sense of uncertainty that, you know, there's every generation is facing. It's not like this is the first time in history disasters no. happen. We live through disaster and we get through it. 
but it is we, we get more and more equipped with how to manage what we're going through. So to be able to take that blank page and turn it around into something meaningful is wonderful. And it, it's, it's a really good thing that you bring this to the table now in this pandemic and so on. So how does it, what is, how do you do it? I mean, what is, you, you have, you talk about a hero on a mission and you have four versions of a hero or four, four, four ways of actually getting to yeah, be. Yeah, four characters. Characters, yeah. You know, yeah. You'll notice, that you can be, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You'll notice, Caroline, that when you watch a movie, you, you'll see four major characters in almost every story. There's the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. They're in almost every single story. And I think there's a reason for that. You know, the victim is the one who is doomed. And the villain is the one who is making others small and punishing people. The hero is the one who's accepting the challenge and transforming into a strong enough version of themselves that they can overcome the challenge. And the guide is the one who is helping the hero win. Those four major characters, I believe, exist in every story because they exist in you and me. They exist in every person who's listening to this this podcast. Essentially, it's the energy we bring or the perspective we bring to a given situation. So whenever something challenging happens, we can respond like the victim because there's victim energy in us. We can say, I'm doomed and life is awful and I can't believe this is happening to me. That's usually the default mechanism for the first 30 seconds of anything hard. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, it's how I respond to Reese's peanut butter cups, right? I'm like, I'm doomed. I'm completely, <laughs> I can't get, there's nothing I can do. You just got to uh, eat them all. <laughs> I got to eat them all. And then there's the the hero energy and the hero energy is, okay, Life is hard, but it offers me an opportunity to become a better version of myself, accept it on its terms, and change in order to overcome and grow as a human being. And then there's the villain perspective, which is life has hurt me, so I'm going to turn around and hurt everybody else. And it's a very controlling energy. I want everybody to be my minion, and I'm going to try to control them. And then there's guide energy, which says, look, I've been a hero for a really long time. I figured out how to help people out. And I'm going to turn around. I'm going to share my knowledge, my expertise. And Caroline, that's the energy that you live in every day. It's the energy of this podcast. And usually somebody has to have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience in order to channel that guide energy. It grows over time. The day you become a parent, your your guide energy exponentially goes through the roof because all of a sudden life's not about you. It's about this kid and, the, and how, the, how well they do. So, you know, the, the point that I make in the book is if you live like a hero on a mission, your life is going to it's going to be really meaningful. It's going to be an adventure. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And you're going to experience something in life that heroes in movies experience. That is, they're rewarded at the end. They have a transformation. They're a better version of themselves. If you live out of too much victim energy, the same thing will happen in your life that happens to victims and stories. And that is nothing. Nothing happens. Even if they're rescued, somebody puts a blanket around them, pats them on the back, they drive off in an ambulance and the camera goes over to the hero and watches them get an award. The, the victim is a bit part. It, it's it, it's a, the part that makes the hero look good and the villain look bad. That's the point of a victim in a story. And I, we don't want to be that in a story. Now, now I got to be really clear because I know you'll agree with me. That does not mean that we aren't actually actually victimized. There are people who are victimized. The problem is if you're victimized and you say, well, woe is me. My life is terrible. Your life is going to go nowhere. But if you're victimized and you say, wait a second, I don't like that. And I'm going to seek justice and I'm going to rise up and I'm not going to let this person keep me down. And, and I'm going to, you know, within the confines of the law, 
seek seek some truth here. And or if you've been victimized unfairly, to say, look, I've been victimized unfairly. I'm going to seek some healing. Uh, what's amazing is, is the second you do that, you move from victim energy to hero energy. And it's victim energy will stop your story in its tracks. It will go nowhere. Villain energy is when somebody's been victimized and they say, okay, I've been victimized, so I'm going to turn around. I'm going to make everybody else a victim. That And that, if you do that too much, you're going to end up like the villain in the story. And what happens to the villain in the story is they're either imprisoned or they're killed. <laughs> That's it. So you don't want to go there. But the truth is, if we play the hero and we play the guide and help other people, we experience a deep sense of meaning. We get those connections that we're looking for. We are admired by people. We feel a sense of meaning in our lives because we are able to help other people win. So the book identifies those four energies that with, that live within us and offers a prescription on how to live as a hero on a mission so that we can experience more meaning. And it's incredible. And that hero on a mission leads to that. It works hand in hand with the guide. Absolutely. Because the longer you play the hero, the more you transition into the guide. The guide. So you've got these four options. So things, life happens and you may for an instant feel the victimization and you may for an instant even roll through to the villain thing. So you may go through those in the initial reactive stage, but you don't want to stay there. You want to shift over to the hero and the guide. So you've got that choice choice to make. So you, is that have I so have do we do we cycle through all of them? Yeah, we've we've cycled through them all. And then you know, how do you live as a hero on a mission? And the prescription that I lay out is not mine. It's actually Victor Frankel's in his book Man's Search for Meaning, where he talks about logotherapy. He changed my life. You know, when I when I discovered logotherapy, uh, everything got better. That was about ten years ago. And, you know, there's been hard days in the last 10 years. There's been tragedies. We've lost friends, you know, things that you just wake up in the morning, you say, this is too painful to go on. But at the same time, there's not been a day in the last 10 years when I haven't been really interested in my own story and wanted to wake up and put something on the plot and wanted to wake up and fight for what is good in this world. And because of that, I haven't experienced the despondency and the anxiety and the depression that I think a lot of people feel. Now, there are chemical reasons for that stuff, too, and I don't I don't want to dismiss that. But in terms of the way my life has gone, it's just gone a lot better. Right. And it's got, you know, what a hero has to do, according to Viktor Frankl, to live a life of meaning. There's just three things. One is have a project that you're working on that you're really, really interested in that has captured your attention and that needs your unique skill set. So whether that's a job or being a parent or being a painter or being a poet or writing a book or running a marathon, doesn't matter. He literally says it doesn't matter. As long as it's something that's captivated your interest, you're going to need that. Then he said, the second thing is you need community. You need to do this with people and you need other people in your life, family, a nurturing community, go to church, a small group, whatever it is, you got to interact with people. And if you don't have enough, enough people, that's okay. You can interact with art or nature. I thought that was kind of fascinating. What he's really saying is, listen, if you sit around and pull lint out of your belly button and hold it up to the light, you're going to go crazy. (laughs) The answer is not in your belly button, right? (laughs) It's, It's out there with people doing something. And then the third one is the very hardest, but it's the most important. And that is you've got to take the challenges and suffering that you encounter in life and somehow redeem them. And what he means by that is, there's painful things that happen in this life. There just is. It's a, it, the life is both beautiful and broken. It really is. It's, that's the most obvious thing in the world. It's beautiful and there's something wrong with it. 
and it's broken. And he said, if you can take the broken parts of life and say, okay, it's broken, it's sad, it's worth grieving, and also it presents opportunities. The opportunities might be, you know, if I got fired, the opportunity is to learn and grow and become a better professional. If somebody dumped me, the opportunity is to say, okay, is there something that I did or am I making a mistake in who I'm choosing? There's some sort of learning opportunity here. I, lo- I love this question. This is a life-saving question. No matter what happens to you, ask this question, what does this make possible? So instead of I'm doomed, just say, okay, what does this make possible? What can I learn? Because he said, if you can redeem even a small part of your suffering, it, t- it, it alleviates the suffering. If you can find something good, that's not to say it's all good. He said it alleviates the suffering. Now, he, that theory was tested. He came up with logotherapy, he wrote a manuscript on it. He was a Jew living in Vienna in the 40s. So you know what happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've been to Auschwitz. To, I've actually yeah. been to Auschwitz. So it's, yeah. He was taken into the concentration camps. Three months after surviving the concentration camps, where he lost his wife, Tilly, he lost their unborn baby, lost his mom, lost his dad, and saw tens of thousands of people executed. Three months later, he went on a lecture circuit to defend that life was both beautiful and have meaning, and it has meaning. I mean, it, the courage it's like of that you, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, the courage. And it's inconceivable. So, you know, what is that shift? And he he lays it out, as you say. I mean, Viktor Frankl is one of my heroes as well. How he lays it out with those three principles. And, and, you know, the cool thing is that, you know, we can actually live this. You can wake up tomorrow and you can say, okay, well, what did he say? I need a project. And then he said, I need a community. And then he said, whenever something hard happens, just you're, 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 what can you redeem? Like find something to redeem. You know, and this got tested. Caroline, you'll love this. The whole time I'm writing this book, my chocolate lab, Lucy, is getting older. She's 14 and a half years old. Betsy calls Lucy my first wife because we were married before I met Betsy. And and my first wife lived with us until she passed away. We, We had to put Lucy down after I finished the book. And I remember it is heartbreaking. She's 14 and a half. They lived to an average of 12. So she out outlived her averages. Yes. You know, she had a tumor on a tumor. She, you know, it was, it was time. And I let her go. And I woke up the morning after we, we let her go. And I've got a book coming out in two weeks. You'll love this on defending the idea that life is beautiful and has meaning. I woke up 5 a.m. I'm in the kitchen. Betsy's still asleep. Emmeline is still asleep. I'm alone in the kitchen and I'm bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to myself, I'm about to release a book that that tries to convince people life is beautiful and meaningful. And it's a lie. It's a total lie. <laughs> Why did I do this, my dog? Yeah, I yeah, get that. It's a oh. place where we have to kill dogs. That's what life is. Anyway, I, I, so I thought, well, wait, Victor Frankl, you know, Don, you write it in the book. Take your own advice. What is Victor Frankl? And I started thinking, well, yes, it's true that life is temporary. It's true that death exists because that's really what I'm grieving, right? It's not It's not my dog. It's It's the hard, hardest thing in life. And I said to myself, you know what? The fact that death exists gives me a sense of urgency. It gives me a sense of presence. This dog was a dear friend to me, a gift to a gift from God. She taught me responsibility, which prepared me to marry a woman and be a good man. She was a companion. She got to live at Goose Hill, the house that we were building for the last few years that was named after her. She, I, This was a gift. Yes, it's painful, but it was also a gift. And you know what? At that point, so much of the pain went away. And now when I think about Lucy, I smile because of the gift that I had for 14 and a half years. I, I don't so want to redeemed. This, you redeemed. You redeemed. Yeah, you redeemed it. Yeah, yeah, you redeemed yeah. it. 
I don't want to be trivial. We're talking about a dog and there are people who are listening who have had infinitely harder tragedy. So I don't want this to be trivial, but at the same time, what, what he's saying really is true. And I think in order to be a hero on a mission, you've got to have the courage to look at life and see it for what it is difficult and beautiful, difficult and beautiful. And when we accept it on its terms, we have a much better experience with it. If we want to be healthier mentally and physically, one of the best things we can possibly do is get several hours of quality sleep every night. The brain and body heal itself when we sleep. It really is one of the most amazing processes, even if you're not conscious when it happens. But I know it's hard to get good quality sleep sometimes. Your mind keeps you awake, life is stressful, and there are often a hundred anxious reasons why you can't fall asleep at night. Thankfully, there are also ways we can improve our sleep quality and overall health, including taking magnesium. Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. No wonder so many people have sleep problems. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't support better sleeping habits. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by BioOptimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed, and you'll be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash leaf and use Dr. Leaf 10 during checkout to save 10% on your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. That's powerful. And it's it's so needed now because there's so many people that feel so hopeless and so many of our youth, Gen Z and millennials, especially Gen Z, are feeling like life is so hopeless. And they can't see that story and they don't even know where to start. And yeah. you know, to just to take those principles, you know, each morning when you wake up, I think that's very powerful. And they're just redeeming. I love I love the concept of, you know, redeem something out of that. Like you had to yeah, find find just find something positive. Something and it's not don't think negative and only think positive. No, you that's know, also you know, not realistic either. That's no, just, it's you know, not it's yeah, not realistic really, and no, not no, none of us like to be controlled. And and none of us like to be controlled by ourselves. So so give yourself permission. It's okay. We're going to grieve the hard parts of life. And also, there's an upside. And we're going to embrace both of those. And what, what really happens is your brain starts shining more of a spotlight on the positive than the negative when you do that. And you have a more optimistic view of life. Well, the negativity just breeds negativity, just brings up more and more toxic issues and yeah. sadness and that kind of thing. And we've got to, but you can't suppress it either. So it is that balance between accepting it and then moving on. And I think there's a lot, not I think I know from the field I'm in, is that there's a tremendous emphasis now on feel the feelings, but they're getting stuck there. You can't just be aware. I've showed in my research, if you just have awareness, you actually get worse because yeah. you, you know, initially you may feel better. Okay, that's the reason. But if you just stay there, it becomes very hopeless and that page stays blank to, to go with your, 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 your metaphor. But if you start trying to find what you can redeem and, and get that community connection and you know, get that passion, that one project, that combination is definitely going to start writing your story one tiny yeah. day at a time. Yeah. You know, and that's really what, what we need to be sharing with so much of our, so many people, but so many of our youth in this, in this yeah. day and age. And, you yeah. know, I also like the fact that you talk about the story with, as a practicing clinician, I don't practice anymore, but when I did practice, one of the main things, and I write now so much about this in, in the work that I do, is 
the, the most important thing about you is your story. So I don't want to diagnose you and give you, you know, tell you you've got some brain disease because mental illness isn't a brain disease. And by the way, the chemical thing, that's a myth. It's not even science. It's just, mm. it, it's not that you have depression because you have a chemical imbalance and the antidepressant is going to fix that. That is not even the truth. That's not the true story. The true story is that you've had life. You've experienced the, the broken and the beauty. And you, and it's basically you're unhappy and sad because of the broken of life. And that is okay. That's why I talk about cleaning up the mental mess. It's okay to be messy, but you've got to clean it up. So what I see you offering in this book and Viktor Frankl's teaching us through his, you know, his story is that we have to, this is how we can start managing the mess. This is how we can start moving forward and finding that deep meaning. Yeah, so totally we, need, we need a structure. Stuff. Caroline, you'll love this story. Before I left Portland, Oregon, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, would you get together with a friend of mine who would like to write a book about traveling around America? And I'd written a book about traveling around America. So he said, why, why don't you get together? I said, I'd love to. We get coffee. This guy's like 15 years younger than me. Great kid. Traveled around America, wants to write a book. But I realized while we're sitting there that he's a nihilist. And, and what I mean by that is he believes life is meaningless and it's completely futile. Now in Portland, Oregon, that's not an uncommon interaction. <laughs> There's a lot of nihilists. And, you know, and I and I said to him something that was very inconsiderate and rude. And I'm sorry that I said it, but at the same time, I'll tell you what I said. I said, wait a second, what if life is not meaningless? What if just your life is meaningless? <laughs> and what I meant by that is what if what you are doing with your life is giving you the experience of meaninglessness and you're projecting it onto everybody else? And what if there's unbelievable hope that you could actually change what you're doing with your life and have a whole different perspective on it? What if you could fall in love with a project? What if you could invite a person or people into that project with you and share a bonding experience with them? What if you could find all the stuff that's so hard in life and say, but it also presents really amazing opportunities you know, we have the power of our mind to actually choose, you know, this is what Victor Frank would say, we can choose our perspective. And I'm sitting here going, look, I, I don't know what happens after death. I've got some ideas because I'm a spiritual guy, but, you know, I don't, I don't really have all those answers, but why would I want to waste this wonderful experience viewing it through a really dark lens and not a lens that's really bright? I, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I, I think I want to enjoy life to the degree that I can. I don't think it's it's just the most, it's not an unbroken life. I don't know how to fix life, but I know how to accept it on its terms and have a positive attitude toward it. That's incredible. And that's how, that's how I view life as well, is that we are, it, it, regardless of what happens, it's terrible, but embrace that terribleness. But then what are you going to do about it? How can we redeem it? How can we, you know, that, that word redeem, it's just... That's, yeah, love, it's, what, it's both and, right? It's both. It, it is both and. It both. It both an end. Just the mere fact that we exist, that humans exist, there's obviously, you know, there's it's a obviously miracle. it is a miracle. And then I always go I do a lot of research on on how we think, feel, and choose, and that's how our mind actually works. And we've got this ability to choose. So the mere fact that we, it's, and I know when people are in a really bad place, they don't feel like they can choose anything. And and when you really are, yeah, it, it, um, and thank God up, there's people like hard. you who help us out. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we have been victimized and we need help. I don't know how to get out of this. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where that support part comes in, that you can be in a place in your life where you can't. So you need that little bit of support so you can get to the point where there's a little bit of clarity again. And you can start to choose and get that, you know, the three factors, the three things that, that I think Victor Frankl spoke about. And then start going from the victim and the villain over to the hero, the hero and the guide, and, the guide yeah. and start moving over into those stories of, of our life. And that's not, neither you, neither you nor I are saying it's easy. And it's not says it's easy, not easy, but it's meaningful. But it's meaningful. It's meaningful. Life is meaningful. Yeah. 
you know, I, I think about this now, you know, it's gotten a lot better because Emmeline is eight months old, but I remember like two and a half months, you're up all night long. You can't get any sleep. You know, the baby needs to be, needs to be fed. You got to change diapers. It, it is the most miserable place that you can be in many, many ways. And yet you're crying because you can't believe how beautiful it is. So, so don't tell me that pain ruins your life. It doesn't ruin your life. Perspective ruins your life. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's so that is so like huge. I, I, there's, there's in, in your, the neuroscientific work I do, our non-conscious mind, and you'll love this, and I'll tell you this quickly, generates these signals that from our very fast non-conscious mind, not subconscious, not unconscious, but the non-conscious, which is the most intelligent part of us, which is where all of life is basically coded into our mind and our brain being separate from our mind. So it's two different ways that it's coded in. One is more on an electromagnetic level. One is more on a, on a physical protein neural coding level. The point being is that that is driving how we're functioning. And at any point, we can edit the code, which is really what you're saying, because editing yeah, the code is I can go from metaphor. villain, victor, yeah. victor, hero, and guide. And it's very hard. Sometimes we need to help very often, which we've spoken about. But the point is that how do we know when we need to edit the code? We've got to know how to tune into our signals. And the point that I'm making is the signals include things like emotions, what you're saying and doing, um, your behaviors, your body symptoms. But those channel into the most important, which is your perspective. And 38 yes. years of research later, this I have shown, if you shift perspective, you shift how you manage things like anxiety and depression by a factor of 81%. So it puts you in the position to choose to be a hero and a guide and to step out of being a victim and a, and a villain. So you've given me new words, to, and I, I will credit you, but I've got new words now. Don Miller has given me the words <laughs> to explain <laughs> You can but have seriously, them. and I'll give you the neuroscience and you can use some of the I neuroscience. I love it. Caroline, I'm fascinated. We've got to have you on our podcast. Yeah, Can I tell you a story? And I want you to tell me whether I'm doing this right, because there's nothing I want more in this life than to be a good dad. Nothing. And I wake up, Betsy and I have kind of a, we've figured out our rhythm. So it's 7 a.m. The baby gets up. I've got the baby from either 7 to 7.30, somewhere between 7.30 and 8.00. You know, I change the diaper. She gets her first bottle. It gives Betsy a chance to make breakfast and collect her thoughts. And she's going to be a mom for the next several hours. So I got to do my part. And then, so what I do is I wake her up. I change her diaper. We Before we even get a bottle, we go right out to the front porch. I would just walk her right out. I face her outwards. We've been doing this for eight months. And I walk out and I say, Emmeline, what do you see that's beautiful? And we point out the light in the trees, that cute little squirrel, the green grass. You know, it's been winter. She was born in June, so we've gone through a winter. And you know what we say when it's really dark and gray? We, we always say two things. We say, look at the rain watering the flowers, and today is going to make tomorrow beautiful. You know, I think that, that's what I wanted to understand is, is a hard day is going to make tomorrow, and it's going to make you beautiful. It's going to make you so much stronger. You know, if she has that, she's going to be fine. Whether you are a breakfast person or prefer eating breakfast for dinner, making your meals count for both your brain and your body health is important. What we eat can affect how we think just as much as how we think can affect what we eat. One of my favorite ways to enjoy my food and get the nutrition my brain and body craves is with Catalina Crunch, a yummy cereal that is high in protein, zero sugar, keto-friendly and low-carb. They've got eight crave-worthy flavors to choose from. Cinnamon toast, dark chocolate, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate banana, honey graham, fruity, maple waffle, and mint chocolate. 
I personally love their honey graham flavor with a splash of coconut milk and cream in the morning. But all their cereals are really delicious with a spoon of creamy yogurt or ice cream for dessert after a meal. My husband loves the maple waffle cereal on top of his vanilla ice cream. Every flavor is delicious on its own, but you can also try mixing them together for some truly mouth-watering combos. But don't be surprised if you fall in love with all of them. Catalina Crunch Cereal has the crunch you crave without any empty carbs. Plus, it packs a whopping 11 grams of plant-based protein and 9 grams of fiber per serving. And all their cereals are gluten-free, grain-free and non-GMO. Catalina Crunch uses only real ingredients, nothing artificial. No wonder they have over 10,000 five-star reviews. See why Catalina Crunch is the fastest growing cereal brand in America. Just go to catalinacrunch.com forward slash Dr. Leaf for 15% of your first order plus free shipping. That's catalinacrunch.com slash Dr. Leaf. And not sure which flavor to start with? Try a variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's catalinacrunch.com forward slash Dr. Leaf for 15% of your first order plus free shipping. The link and details will be in the show notes. She's going to be fine. I, I, I totally, we, we are, you allowing her to, in this, this way, you building up into an unconscious mind, allowing her to experience the pain of life because we, as Viktor Frankl says, as, as the, all the greats who philosophers and, and science and, and in, in the, in the world of science that I move in, not all of, not all of us say this, but you have to embrace the pain in order to be able to, it's beautiful too. And it's, I know it's hard to think that pain is beautiful, but they, it's not the pain that's beautiful. It's the redeeming message. Yes. It's the ability to take something not, there's nothing beautiful about the Holocaust. There's nothing beautiful about a rape. But what there is beautiful is our human nature to be able to see there's something there. There's something about that that will make tomorrow better, that that will never happen again, or that the, the tree, the rain will water the flowers. That's yes. the perspective that we have to start bringing into, into our youth of today, because it's definitely a major issue contributing to suicide. This, I have no yes. story. I yep. have that nihilistic approach that there is no meaning, there is no purpose. There's just even I've even had comments made to me things like it's selfish to have children, and oh, that's coming gosh. from because there's you you bring us into this world. We had no choice. You you didn't ask us if we wanted to come in this world. Can, I mean, can can there be any more nihilistic perspective than the perspective that human beings are bad and we should stop creating them? <laughs> I mean, there's no more nihilistic perspective. Than exactly, that. and and the fact that the parent. Is selfish to have wanted to have the child, oh, and so that and 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 but that's coming from a world that we live in, Don, and that's why yeah. I'm saying that this it's message that you bring identity. to the table, exactly. So this message you bring to the table, and that you know you coming it from the story angle, I come at it from a science angle, is a way that we can start finding meaning again or helping our Gen Z or whoever's feeling in this way. It's not just Gen Z, but it's, it's, it's a, it is a major problem amongst Gen Z. And I love Gen Z's passion because they'll take a, when, once they get hold of something, they run with it more than our millennials and our baby boomers. They really yeah. make it happen and their passion yeah. is unbelievable. But there's so many people that live without meaning, which is why you've written this book, which is why we yeah. both do what we're doing. So I know, listen, you and I, this is part one. We have to have part two. <laughs> I respect that you've got to go. I know you've only got 30 minutes. And I could talk all day about this because it's, it's dad, just it's dad. It's taco night, and I got dad's got to cook. Otherwise, I'd keep talking to you. I have loved this, and we got to we do have to continue the conversation. Let's do this. Let's continue the conversation. Let's have you back on mine. I'd love to come on your podcast and congrats on the book. And quickly, how can people get hold of you? And I know the book's available wherever books are sold. Books are available wherever books are sold. And if you want to know more, you can go to heroonamission.com and and find out more. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's wonderful. 
Don, you've been a pleasure. It's been wonderful. I look forward to our next conversation. What a gift. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's great to have a new friend. It is. It's great. Thank you. What was that question? Just, just remind us quickly, you said the most important question. Let's just close off with that question that you said earlier on. You said there's a most important question. What does this make possible? What does this make possible? I mean, if, you, if you're stressed in the middle of the night because you've made a mistake or something bad is happening, ask yourself, what does this make possible? What does this make possible? And you will find an answer. And that answer, I'm telling you, will be gold. It'll be gold. Just chase that answer. I'm going to be quoting that question. I'll be quoting you. That's beautiful. Let's leave our listeners with that. What a, what a lovely way to end the show. Thank you, Don. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.